uh, Brandon was one of the uh, commission painters for FLG. How I was the head studio painter. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. if, if you yeah, expected a host right. to do any research whatsoever, then you came to the wrong <laughs> fucking podcast. You are listening to Party at the All Points, a journey through the competitive realms of Age of Sigmar. And now your hosts, Dayton O'Bray, Jeffrey Bodine, and Price Van Der Oh, welcome everybody to the party at the All Points. We are back again. This is your Age of Sigmar podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts tonight. Dayton and with me I have Jeff your co-host and unfortunately we do not have Price Vandenberg today he had to be the hero of his real life job and cover someone ass, someone's ass that couldn't make it to work yeah some kind of other horse shit excuse he's come up with whatever yeah basically he's so. just he's just uh he didn't have any intelligent input for this episode so he ran away that's why <laughs> But in his place, we do have two fine gentlemen of the hobby. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking more on painting and focusing on that hobby aspect because we very much respect that. And I think most Age of Sigmar players do. So with me, I was able to reach out to one of the, he used to be the ex-head uh, commission painter for FLG, Mr. Brandon. Hello, hello. Okay, that's it. Well, okay, I fine. That's, he's... That's, Did you need something else? He's a, he's, a, he's a yes and no kind of guy. That's great. <laughs> Lawyers hate him. Uh, and then also we reached across the pond. Again, we are slowly being dominated by the English because you can't have a successful podcast without Englishmen, it turns out. Uh, Mr. Bobby Clark of Red Eagle Studios. Nice to meet you. Good to be here. I'm, I'm half German, by the way, but it's all right. We can go with English. It's fine. <laughs> so you just didn't leave? Or what? How the... <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> that's fine yeah, it, english is english is great it's a great place i'm sure uh yes uh okay so these two gentlemen are uh very much have a lot of commission background to them so and they do a lot of fine work so i figured they'd be good to have on the show uh obviously i do a little bit of painting jeff pumps out a lot of painting so I, it's just better to cover your facets by professionals when you're trying to talk out of your ass. There's some air quotes that needs to go around my painting, okay? I'm being very humble <laughs> to you, Jeff. But if, uh, if Price was here, he'd tell you your painting's dog shit. But you pump out a good um, army real fast. Well, I, I, I meet tournament minimum standards. That's, that's, that's what I strive for now. And I realize that that is kind of probably like nails on a chalkboard for these two, uh, for these two gentlemen that we have with us. But um it's interesting I, actually that will that will kind of reflect in some questions that i'll have for you guys but uh, hey as long as it's painted on the other side of the table i don't care how nice it's painted you know yeah. just as That's long as like, someone put some effort into it i and you know and i follow the book you know like i may, i have my guys make them look like what they're supposed to look like and it's full coverage it's just not uh you know, like anything you guys do on a casual Sunday is going to trump what I'm producing right now. So when you say you follow the book, do you mean the, like the assembly package that's black and white? 
<laughs> no, like the Codex, smartass. Uh, I look at the pictures for the faction and make them look like that. So. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just bugging you, Jeff. Love to have you I, on the show. I just, I know. you know, I got to razz you or else. Breathing uh, is another opportunity to get under my skin. If that's possible. But it's good to hear you have some enthusiasm for the show. We were gone. Uh, last episode, if you're able to tune in, we had a women's or ladies' night only. So it was only women because I believe that a guy talking about ladies' night just doesn't have a place. So we had four weeks off, and it's great to be back. I fucking miss the show. It's so much fun to do this and be a content creator. Yes. Uh, recently, last week, we had the Super Series, Genesis Super Series, hosted by the Honest Game or Honest War Gamer, Rob. Um, Jeff, were you able to catch up on that at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I followed along with a lot of the commentary that we had in our chat group, and um, it was interesting. The the band phase, which we all knew was going to be fascinating, um, really, really, really showed its interesting laurels. Um, and, you know, like the, the offensive versus defensive bands, and then the lists that emerged, and then uh, the first round winners were, I think, generally received as kind of a surprise. Um, yeah, it came really close. Uh, I don't want to ruin anything for anyone that hasn't watched it before. You can catch it up on YouTube. Uh, Brandon and Bobby, if you're, in case you're not familiar, there has been a very popular Age of Sigmar host who is running his own tournament circuit. And now he's included like a ban phase for the teams. So you can go in before yeah. list creation and start banning units to kind of give a little bit of a unique spin on things. And then list submission is like four days after, and then pairing is done the Saturday. And then uh, it's the best. It's a team format. So you get four players on each side plus a coach. And uh, so, yeah, team format. So they get to play two game, three games all together, and then it's best team wins. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. Really good shakeup, and he has really good coverage of things. So if you ever want to watch. Really good show. Yeah, really watch. I have a hard time watching bat reps, and this was done very phenomenally. He switched around the tables. He's got great people helping him on the show. So it's uh, the new way to make it popular, I guess, is what he's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows – to me, I think it was it was pretty successful. Yeah. And, um, and it shows what – like, this is the starting place. You know, like, this is our first rip at this. So it's only going to get better from there. And we're going to make little tweaks to make it even more fun, more – you know, whatever whatever we find is ultimately lacking, there will be changes instituted to address that, and it's just going to get better and better. It's pretty exciting to to be kind of on the cusp of watching all this unfold, and hopefully, actually be able to participate it participate in it when it uh, when it crosses the the, the pond. Uh, in case you're wondering what the audio is going on with Jeff, he is recording out of his car again. He's been kicked out of his house, and that's the AC in the background because you can't stick a large man in a car without AC in Tennessee during summer hours. I'll try and turn it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, dude. It's better than that. Like, I don't want to see you like just dissolve. I can deal with it. Hey, yeah, sorry, Brandon and Bobby. If you thought we were going to talk a little bit of Age of Sigmar on this podcast, then you, know, you came to the wrong place. You fools. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the Super Series has been on hold because, as Bobby knows, uh, the, your guys' government has enforced a new no gatherings larger than six uh, people. Unless yeah, things have far. changed pretty quick. I know recently where we are, I think it happened overnight. Two nights ago, it was uh, we went into lockdown. So there's been a few changes, yeah. But it's been really interesting what they've um, got designed. 
um, for how that event's going to be going, how it's proceeding. It was very interesting. I've heard um, was it a couple of podcasts ago when it was mentioned uh, as to what's going on with it. And um, yeah, I like the sound of it. It's very good, though. When it does come back or actually starts proper, it'd be good to hear. Hey, Brandon. How's that, eh? Government stepping in and putting regulations into <laughs> to things. You know, I... I don't. I don't mind not jump, jumping in with more than six people at a time right now. So, good. <laughs> uh, what Brandon was referring to is he swings a lot. So, <laughs> single, ready to mingle. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, I've been whoring myself out on Twitter a lot, and it turns out we got a sponsor of the show now. Uh, yay! Mini Mag trays. Uh, they're based out of England. I'm not sure if Bobby knows about them, but they're really, really uh, indiscreet metal movement trays for magnet basing. And uh, they're very clean, very neat. And yeah, he stepped on and gave us a little minor sponsor. So you can go and pick up yours at uh, with coupon mini mag bro, all one word. And that will net you uh, a whopping 5% off your, your hey. purchase. But you take it. 5% is 5%. If you don't want it, I'll take it, buddy. Yeah. Um, and then he's going to be sending over some product and stuff for the boys to pour out once tournaments start up again. So that's pretty sweet. I'm pretty happy to get that on, and I will jump all over that man. To uh, oh, well done. It's good news, that. Yeah, it's kind of fun, eh? Yeah. Congrats. I'm a slut, so I'll take pretty, it away. Well, we all know that. Silver tongue comes through for us. Uh, and then to give a little bit more history to the gentleman that we have on tonight, uh, Brandon was probably one of the first guys that I got into watching paint before. Uh, right when I started getting back into the hobby seriously, I found him on Twitch and he ran a little stream service of him just painting, getting hammered sometimes uh, <laughs> for charity. He did, it. he did it for a good cause, which is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, things Twenty causes a month, <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. That was quite some time ago. Now I think that was like five or six years ago. You were running that was school. a while ago. But we we in three hours we made eight hundred dollars for an autism charity, and I think I had to get up to use a restroom four or five times, many times. And then you yep. had your buddy come on and uh, help yep. cover. Hey, he man, was my uh, apprentice. <laughs> Uh, and then Bobby, uh, based over in England, he runs his own commission studio, which I mentioned before, but he also steps out and does a lot of charity work. And uh, I reckon I, I got on him because one of my teammates, uh, Bods, uses him for his army painting and wins multiple, multiple hobby tracks with those armies that Bobby puts up. He uses me real hard as well. Yeah, he's, he's a difficult guy to deal with. There's a little bit of a whip crack now and again when, when we have a conversation. I'm like, oh. But um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's been really good to be honest with all the charity stuff. But uh, uh, a little chat with Bod soon cheers us up some more. <laughs> what I will say is that he may be tough on you, but your reputation precedes you. And your work is well known. Thanks, thanks. Well, he's, he's very supportive, actually. As, as, as strict and as firm as he comes across, he is a little bit of a teddy bear now and again. He probably won't want me saying that, but he can be a little bit of a teddy bear. And uh, he's really good, actually. We have great chats. The latest thing on him is uh, one of his HR girls at work has now recommended that he go see his anger management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a funny commentary on that today. <laughs> so I thought you'd get a good kick out of that. <laughs> Just see him across on the 40k table on the top tables. 
ask George about that one. Yeah, George is his little beat puppy. He just kicks around once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get back into things here uh, on the show. Obviously, we're going to be talking hobby. So, other than Age of Sigmar, let's Jeff. You've been working on anything at all? Um. Okay, Age of Sigmar. It's really been uh, actually. I'll tell you what. I just purchased some Beast Grave stuff. Ooh. That is correlated to Age of Sigmar. There is a little local, like, league here uh, that is trying to start up, and it is a Beast Grave league. And um, I decided, and, you know, hilariously enough, the, the trophy is what got me. The trophy was sitting on top of one of the paint cases in the, in the shop, and I saw it, and I was like, wow, what a cool trophy. And uh, and they were like, and, and it was for the Beast Grave competition. And I was like, God damn it. I, I, my Achilles heel has just been tweaked just with a swift thump. And I was like, boom. And I was like, damn it. Now I can't not do it. So I went and bought the shit. And I'm going to, I got my Beast Grave box right here. And uh, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm actually going to play one of the Stormcast Warbands. Um, I have some experience with them from Shadespire back in the day. And uh, so I am doing that. Um, so even in your car, you have unopened boxes, just like your house. I just bought it, man. Give me a break. <laughs> but yes, actually, hilariously enough, again, I have a whole bunch of terrain in my back seat, like terrain <laughs> boxes in my back seat that I was going to take in and build and kind of like, let the shop borrow you know you're that desperate for games you're driving around like trying to coax people in like hey yes hey. yes you've, <laughs> you've you nailed me. it is true i do have a hard time getting games i don't know but um yeah so i've got a whole back seat full of terrain here to to build for 40k mostly and um and 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 it is actually in the back seat but um for aos hobby stuff i mean i am Still pretty much pretty set on uh, on on my Vanguard list for um, for the Stormcast and for 40k I've been um, doing some Marine and uh, Custodes painting. So. Yeah, my uh, my buddy who just played in that 32 man tournament in Calgary ran a Stormcast list with Croak and it was the long strike list with Croak added and he made it right down to the final game and supposedly he lost due to an armor save dice roll. That's how close it came down to. Wow. Uh, and then a guy tested positive for COVID at that te- at that tournament. So then he had to get tested, which took time off work. The results came back negative. And then he went to work and someone and tested positive for COVID at work. And so now he's off work with another test. So. Lovely. Uh, Brandon, what, man, what have you been up to lately? I've actually been doing a little bit of hobbying, which I haven't done in almost a year. Um, I painted four... Um, Star Wars Legion armies. Yeah, and then, oh, the, uh, the real game. By the way, I can guys. get into that. Star Wars Legion uh, is amazing. I am enjoying it. So once a week, um, the guys come over and and I have a game room set up in the basement and we, we shoot at each other. And then uh, um, actually, Frankie from Frontline Gaming just sent me some miniatures to add to an army that I sold him, which was my Ninja Harlequin army. And he's going to be playing them at Slaughterfest. So he just sent me some stuff to match the army. So, Bastard, he's supposed to be playing Necrons. 
You know, him and I talked a couple months ago about the new Necron models, and I was like, you know, I think a really dark black with yellow glow would look really cool and be easy to do. So I don't know. That may be in my future. I'm not sure. So it's interesting. What units did he send you to paint? I think it's just bikes, six bikes and a death jester. Okay. So you're talking 40K now. Jeff's perked up. Yeah, sorry. That's what I'm working on. But then I've been painting canvases and stuff at home as well. Yeah, I see that uh, you painted up a very sexual black and white image of a woman. Yep, and then I did a... That's white um, paint, right? Not anything else that you used for that? Oh my God, Dayton, go away. It's actually uh, gray, not white. But, uh, yeah, fair enough. That's sorry, sorry. So is it like a silhouette style? It is, yeah. That's awesome, man. But it's on a six foot by four foot canvas, so it takes a long time. That's amazing. I would, man, you should, I wish you could pan around and let us see it or have some way to let people see it. Oh, we have a video. This is going to be great for our audio listeners. There yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry. You get to see it. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, it looks fantastic. Uh, it turned out really well. Still working on it. Still, on still work in progress. Painting well, little exactly. miniatures or painting pallets, man. It's uh, same basics, it's, just larger footprint. Well, it's very different in my opinion uh, i'm not sure if brandon's ever going to talk about this but his little secret dog thing to know about him that challenges his aspect which makes it even mm. more better is the fact that he's colorblind yep well i guess that's why this is that why you chose the blacks and grays so you can really kind of feel that distinction or well i see in black and gray it's it's not like i'm like a level one colorblind, which is, you know, um, red, green, there's no blue, purple, blue, brown, all the different types of colorblind. I have the, I have something, it's like a mutation of the cones that reflect light and let you see color. So I see like a black and white movie, but it's a little different than a black and white movie because I can tell the depth of color or of the depth of the shades. And I've memorized those shades based off of like a Crayola box. And I can tell that that shade is generally yellow. When I see that shade, it's usually yellow. Now, you start mixing those and add light behind it, and I, you know, I'll have issues. But uh, so everything I do in painting, there's, you know, there's steps to it. You know, when I'm painting reds, there are these five paints. I'm going to start from this one and do this. But even though I'm using the same steps, I can paint ten different miniatures, and they can all look totally different, even though I'm using the same style steps on the paints. That's interesting. Yeah, I can vouch for him. He, uh, the paints that he does, like the stuff that he's done for myself as well, uh, is very colorful. Uh, it doesn't limit his abilities to do it. I just think it's something to bring to awareness in case there's listeners out there or someone that feels like they have challenges. There are ways to overcome, and here's a prime example of someone who's overcome. Yeah, I mean, this guy was the, the head of the commission painting department at Frontline Games, arguably the most well-known hobby shop in America. I was probably busting out four or five armies a month easily large scale armies <laughs> that's insane but there you go now we know a little bit more about brandon which is the whole point of bringing them onto the shows uh bobby man what have you been working on other than 40 hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been uh, i've had some fun with some charity work recently it's been really good um it's called the um, 40 hours of 40k and uh i do it with some ref mates that i know and uh I did a, a bit of an army in a month, really. It was quite nice. You guys voted on uh, the colours. It was a delightful purple that we went for. But um, the deal was to kind of uh, paint. I paint up an army, 
and um, we then auction it off, ready for the charity. So uh, yeah, I've done all sorts now. I've had three tanks, three big repulsors, uh, about 15 infantry, including some of the new Indomitus stuff, um, and all the characters from the set as well. And it's been really, really good. So um, I've, I've had all the progress on Instagram for people to have a little look at and see. And uh, it was a good test because I was doing about 80 hours a week near the end. And uh, I think on Monday, I suffered a bit of eye strain as well. I had to have, live in a dark room, you know, not see anyone, <laughs> kind of recover a bit. <laughs> but, um, well, that's what I'm claiming. It wasn't beer. It wasn't anything else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it was really cool because we had lots of people that um, actually had some input. So they told us what they wanted. We had little votes up. People said a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, I had two other artists as well that volunteered as well got stuck in so um yeah it was quite nice to be unleashed on purple which is a bit of a beast of a color it's not the easiest one to yeah. go for purple and uh, yellow and f- let's yeah. not sure. <laughs> let's not tone sure. it down here yellow is another awesome color to paint so uh so yeah so that's all done now and um as if, as, as you guys can see i've got the army up above her and uh i'm really chuffed with them we had some custom decals put in there as well with the logo of the charity that we do and uh yeah it was really really cool so yeah why don't you go a little bit more into that charity may as well give you a little bit of spotlight right that's pretty awesome, oh, awesome. yeah um it's, uh, it's for the charity Calm, which is uh, the campaign against living miserably. And it, the whole idea of it is it's meant to be like a, a phone support, almost like a counseling service for guys uh, that are feeling lonely, suffering from stress, anxiety, and um, worst case, you know, they're, on the, they're thinking about suicide and they can literally phone them up, they'll guide them through, help them out. And um, I think they had over 100,000 phone calls since COVID started or in the UK. So it's massive numbers. And um, yeah, we actually did the event. All the money then goes towards them to help them keep the phone lines open, keep the counsellors looking after the people. And uh, sadly, in our hobby as well, it's, it's many men that do it. And um, that's the larger case in suicides as well. I think uh, oh, yeah. 75% you know, of them are men. Men are, Most suicides are male. Well, this is Suicide Awareness Month, I believe, in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we've done it for two years now. So you could, there's a Facebook page called 40 Hours of 40K that you can check out and you can see what we always do every year. Um, it's bigger and better for next year. We've got some other guys involved. I can't mention them all yet till they're confirmed, but I know we've got uh, Twisted Dice coming down, um, the YouTube guys. And um, I think we might hopefully have Ace Face or Darren coming down for that. So uh, we've got a fair few guys that are going to be involved for next time. Um, we practiced a stream this time as well, so people could see what it was like, and we're going to be doing a bit more of them for next year. And uh, I, I, a little secret thing, exclusive, is I've actually got uh, nine other artists that are helping me. Uh, we haven't told anyone this yet, but... Um, I've approached about another nine artists now to get them involved in it so they can help out and uh, raise some more money. Well, well, I mean, you're becoming a little bit more of a forefront runner for commission painting. Uh, your work is getting more and more recognition around. You used to be a small timer and you've now you've pushed up into the big leagues. Uh, it does paint, feel a bit like that. Yeah. You pushed, well, once you painted an army for tabletop tactics and people actually got to see the process and the actual army on the table. Um, I mean, Boz doesn't do any promotion for you. He says he paints it himself. So, <laughs> him, right but <laughs> claim that glory claim it <laughs> but no it's good, it's good to see uh talent get recognized and you're starting to get yourself a little bit of an entourage and when you put it together for these big charity events people step up man uh it's it's great to see i have to say it is quite incredible what what can occur just by painting a few little toy soldiers because at the end of the day that's what i do i just get paid to paint toy soldiers so it's quite fascinating the people that you meet and some of the people that I've met were massive without me realizing. I just had a chat with them. So like a lot of people do, they kind of meet people, talk to people. And then later on, you find out they've got 10,000 followers and you think, who are they? You know, I started with like three. I think two of them were my parents. So 
Well, we have we have we have five now. Our podcast has five followers. So get in. We're gonna get double figures in a year's time. Hey. <laughs> okay, Brandon, we're getting bigger. I swear. <laughs> now you have Bobby on. You're gonna be huge. All right. I know. It's the English. Now I've cracked yeah, into the English island. That's, that's in the, the secret. Yeah. Is it the accent? I haven't got one of those evil kind of English accents. Like you're getting like Bond villains, I'm afraid. So oh my God. Don't nice. let me get into the whole fact about England has like 20 different accents on such a small continent. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. You look at the girlfriend's not on. She's got a bit of a Geordie accent. It'll be like, what is she saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the US has its share of accents, but they aren't as... Um... I don't think they're as difficult to follow. So that's interesting. Yeah, you you start getting crazy too once it's more south you go in America. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Bod, I Bod's yeah. and I are three hours away from each other and we have different accents too. So I guess I can't really talk. Yeah, I don't really have a southern accent, which is interesting. But uh, seeing as I grew up in the Mid-South my entire life. but It's there. I can hear it. Congratulations <laughs> on your overcoming that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where are you from? And I'm like, from here and they're like uh do what uh but uh bobby you raised eight what was a it was a silent uh donate or charity uh silent auction an auction it was yeah. yeah so i think uh, at the start of uh, the building process i told everyone how they can bid and they just emailed in with like the maximum amount they wanted to, to chuck in there and uh, when it came to the actual sunday the final day of the event um we went through the emails um, and yeah, the, the highest one went for, it was 1,840 pound. I don't know what that comes to in uh, your Canadian dollar. That's probably a million. Uh, that's like, know. yeah, it's like, like $6,000. Uh, half your bank total. <laughs> it's about 2,400 American. But, yeah. but it, it went for, we, I raised about just over 2,000 in total. Cause I painted one of the limited edition kernels for the Catachan model as well. And I, I, I sold that for a couple hundred as well. So, uh, so it was quite nice to be involved. That, that is the whole process, really, and just spreading the word because you get lots of people contact you and just talk to you. People that aren't even there for raising money just to have a little chat, find out how things are. And um, I think we raised a total in the two years. We've raised uh, 11,000. So it's quite a nice big number there. Oh, yeah, that's congrats, awesome. Man, that's wonderful. Uh, it's, it's not just me. I need to point out, I can't claim much glory here, I'm afraid. I'm just literally the painter. But there is behind the scenes and on the day, obviously, there's a, there's a good team of 10 guys that help organize and run it and do it. I'm merely the one that's doing the pretty stuff. You know, those guys are the REF guys, so they're a bit heavy handed. Their uh, <laughs> skills with the brush require two hands sometimes. They get in there. So uh, they're, more, they're more of the gamer side than I'm the kind of delicate painting side. Uh, well, I do appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, if you are looking at Bobby for a commission painter, do realize there's about a year and a half wait list to get on it. Sadly, yes. I'm afraid, Good. yes. Good for you. Uh, hey, you know, that's a product of success. I can't complain and, if I'm honest, but it is sad saying no to a lot of people when, when they do their best to kind of get stuck in there and chat to me. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just too busy, I'm afraid. So uh, it's, it's, yeah, Bods, it's bad Bods to say no. needs a couple more units and uh, he doesn't say no. <laughs> But I am uh, lucky enough to have some of Bobby's work on my shelf. I have Brandon's work on my shelf. Uh, like I say, there's no difference between art collecting on the walls as opposed to miniatures. It's an artist putting their efforts forward, and it's nice to have another artist. Uh, I paint myself. I love the whole hobby aspect of things, but it's nice to see other artists work on your shelf for sure. I have to yeah. say, you don't just paint, by the way. I've seen your scenery. I, I was loving the scenery pictures you sent. They were good. Was it the cobwebs, the spider webs that you had on there? Yeah, uh, his display board for Flesh Eater Courts is very much a work of art. 
the best part about that is it took me 13 days to paint that army. So <laughs> good job. Wow. Basically said piss on my family and anything else going on. Here we go. <laughs> you know what? That's about that's actually underpaced for these other two. So you know. I know I gotta step up. I don't know. Yeah. The first time you showed me your work, I I was just thinking, why is he having me paint his stuff? Like, <laughs> you know, like he's great. I appreciate it, but like I said, it's it's nice to have other artists on your shelf. Like, is there's no like I don't make a distinction. Uh, my father has much of uh, Robert Bateman and Andrew Kiss on his walls, and I have a couple of Robert Batemans myself. We do appreciate art, and I see no distinction between the two. It's all. A different palette, maybe different canvas to put your art onto, but it is nice to see other people's works and interpretations. Art, it, I love art, and it's nice to see someone else's interpretation of it. Oh yeah, Adrian and I both are big time art lovers and go to art shows all the time. And our apartment is filled with art pieces. And so. I'm uh, just about done this little guy here. Oh yeah, zombie dragon, huh? Nice. Yeah, I just uh, Sandithal highlighted my rider who's custom made because I got to do union hobby or not union, uh, union negotiations. And I like to paint while I'm negotiating with, a, <laughs> with the company. <laughs> that was my I first Age of Sigmar manager. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Flesh Eater yeah. uh, Zombie Dragon. Right. Yeah, Frontline Gaming, we did a uh, beginner league when Age of Sigmar first came out. And I chose, I said, I'm not going to play a new game unless I can be deaf. Yeah, so, death is awesome. So that was the first miniature, and I painted that on on uh, one of their podcasts. That's great. And how many times did you bleed off of his wings and all the other bony parts? I know it is a sharp miniature. I think I gave that miniature to uh, Jason from Frontline Gaming. Oh yeah, the salty banana himself. Yeah, yeah. I think that he he has that now. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, we'll He's still in things. California. Yeah, he uh, he moved. He's on his own now. He's in the uh, desert somewhere yeah. in California. He's got a great girlfriend that really changed his perspective. And uh, when FLG moved to Nevada, he chose to stay. But he still works yeah, with uh, FLG. I'm just curious if that had remained status quo or if he had... He helps with them. I don't think he works full-time anymore. No, uh, but he's he still makes the big events and everything else too, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't quit those guys. They're too lovable. No. <laughs> I haven't met a bad person at FLG yet. They're not going to live long because they're breathing those friggin' masks that they're making nonstop. But oh, I hear they have a good ventilation hood. <laughs> oh, thank so. God! The first time I seen that, Frankie was in there. I see respirators, but no one wearing them. And I go in there, and I'm dying. And I'm a firefighter. I breathe some nasty shit and a welder. And I went in there. I'm like, no, that's cool. I'm out. I can't. I can't. I'm seeing like leprechauns. When that machine <laughs> first started up, and I was working at FLG, it it made me so nauseous. So it, this isn't going to keep happening. I can't do this, but they figured it out. <laughs> I know. There's, they seem like a group that has come a long way from humble beginnings. Yeah, they started a very, very tiny little shop in the Bay Area, and um, right across they just, the they're crushing it now. <laughs> well, they're, uh, they're, they're awesome guys. Frankie and I were roommates for a couple of years um, in San Diego as well, so we just we just we all became very close and uh it was just it was a blast working with those guys and they're really good uh they're just huge for the hobby in general yeah they're generally so. good people so if you don't mind my asking why why did you move on um I, being a commission painter and having so many people that wanted you to do things 
for them all the time. And I just couldn't say no to anyone. And it got to the point where I was booked out two years straight and there was no end in sight. And I was working 70 hours a week. And, uh, when I moved away from California, um, and moved to Denver, cause it's just so much cheaper. <laughs> like our apartment was like 3,400 a month in San Diego for a two bedroom apartment, you know, um, how many um, square feet? Just curious. 900 square foot, I believe. Okay. Yeah. That's now this insane. all being said, like it was the 28th floor of like one of the tallest buildings of San Diego. So it was, it was cool, but it was, it was dumb. And, uh, if I didn't make $300 a day painting, we weren't going to pay our bills. So I moved to Denver and, uh, I commissioned painted for, you know, six months or so, but then I randomly landed an accounting job. So, um, much easier, much less strain. But you still paint. So, you can't leave it. I paint for fun. Like I don't charge now. If people want me to paint for them, if I have the time, I'll do it. But I don't want to charge money because if I charge money, I'm beholden to them, and I have to do it by a certain time. And at this point, I want to do it for fun. And whiskey. Um, okay. And whiskey, so actually, you know. But I mean, like commission artists, I think it's an amazing thing. I I got burnt out. I did it for four straight years, almost seventy hours a week. I myself out i pay more measures than most people can say they've ever even seen so i used to go to the lvo and see 20 armies that i painted wow all on reese's shelf and all the terrain i did all the frontline gaming studio armies while i was there as well yeah and all their terrain for you know that they were producing and all that that's amazing ah good on you jeff that actually turned out oh, it's pretty, interesting pretty You're like... i thought it was gonna be annoying but here we go no, no, huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. We're good. <laughs> no, I, it's just it's interesting because you represent one side of the coin for what happens when a person, you know, like makes painting their main thing. Like you kind of went the opposite way and was like, "All right, this is so much like a job that's not satisfying to me anymore. So now I want to do it for fun." And whereas uh, our other guest is the opposite direction. And his name is Bobby, Jeff. It, he made it his life. You know what I mean? Like that is how, that is how he makes his money. So, but both of you are obviously very laureled, you know, like you, you have a lot to be proud of. So it's interesting. Well, Bobby That's can attest for this. I mean, it, you have to have time management. It has to make sense what you're doing as well. Like, yeah, um, definitely. You know, a miniature takes a long time to paint and to paint it well. And, you know, you have to negotiate the right price and you have to remember you have to take taxes out and everything else. Like it, it is a, it's a tough business. So it is hard to sell, tell someone like I have to get a hundred dollars for this miniature. Like, yeah. Or it, it doesn't make sense or I'm making $9 an hour painting it. You know, you just, it, it it's a difficult. It's interesting because it's yeah. like, it makes me think of the, the professional bakers that I know. Because like people think, oh, you're just baking a cake. You should bake me this cake for twenty dollars. But like, in order to actually make any money on the cake, it it needs to be four or five hundred dollars. You know, like the, just as an example. But but like, I feel like uh, people probably look at that commodity in a similar way and try to devalue it for their own needs. And so I love then you, you Jeff. Kind of I, just, I, I love you. It's, this is amazing. How did you get cakes in there? How's that? I mean, 
I want to see this four hundred dollar cake. thousand dollar. Go to go to my wedding and you see thousand dollar cakes. Yeah, I mean, like I had a friend in Florida. She was a professional baker and she could do uh, like fondant pieces and everything. You know, there were like little figures, and she would make all these fancy art cakes. And um, you know, and people would always try to like stiffer on the on the cost. And they would have all these demands, and it's like it needs to do this and have this and blah blah blah. blah. But then they never wanted to pay, and so. <laughs> all right, is real I, being a commission painter. I promise these guys two hours max. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, like, and, and I'm sure Bobby has his ups and downs with this as well. It's it's it it, it is difficult to get that fine line because you also have your friends who are calling you up, saying, "Hey, I have this idea. I really want to do this. Can you just sneak me in and?" And you want to, but there's not enough hours in the day, and it is hard to have a social life and help everybody out at the same time. Totally agree with you there, Brandon. It's very tough, isn't it, when the people do phone you? I've got it with Bods. He phones me, you know, <laughs> leaves, leaves it a bit late in the year to book. He just kind of goes, can you just, you know, do me an army in a month or so? And uh, it is tough, but uh, I must admit, it's the first couple of years I found was really hard. I've been doing mm -hmm. it for four years now, and the first two years, I was like yourself, Brandon. I couldn't say no. So I always said yes to everything. It built up. And when it got to about September time in the year and you were looking at whether you're going to have Christmas off or not, and the answer was no, you're going to be painting, maybe have Christmas Day off because you've overloaded yourself. Um, I think it took till the third year for me to learn to control it a bit, you know, actually plan it properly and uh, really weigh up whether you're going to do this or not because uh, I get loads of enjoyment from it still. Yeah, I probably have a little bit more pressure, but it's actually easier now because I know when to say no and you can plan a bit more. So uh, it's, it's people getting past that hurdle because some of them do break. I've seen friends that have stopped doing commission work purely because it got too much for them and it felt like they were doing a chore as opposed to a, an awesome bit of art. I have a rule that if you have nightmares about a job, you have to leave that job the next day. And I was, I was having nightmares about painting miniatures. <laughs> so you've, wow. never been, you've never been a server or a bartender? Because let me tell you, those server I've done that as well, but that was, that was fun. It was wild and there was always pretty girls, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's interesting. There's... <laughs> interesting but, uh, no, the, I mean, I loved it. I did love painting. I don't want to say that it was horrible and I hated it because it was a wonderful thing. And I still paint. I'm I'm down in my studio at least twice, three times a week. You know, an hour or two after work, just having fun. Uh, yeah, I got a little snippet into your world when I was trying to sell some minis, and they were painted. Unfortunately, I like to sell my stuff on sprue or assembled. And he was like, how much do you want for them? I'm like, oh, how much time did I spend painting this? What's my mm. value worth per hour? And what's mm. unreasonable for someone to purchase? And yeah, I bidded what I thought was reasonable. And he was like, yeah, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. But that is my time. So I'm sorry if you can't afford that. It's not for you then. That's my yeah. point, though. It's like people devalue that for their own purposes. But, you know. Don't it's pour yourself up for so cheap, right? I learned that a long time ago. But price aside, it is, it is fun to be able to go to events and, and see your armies winning best painted and, and just seeing the enjoyment people have of uh, playing a game with something that you painted and they just, they're just they feeling really confident putting it on the table. So that's, 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 a, that's a positive side to it for sure. All right, we'll move in with that. Oh, that's right. I was just going to say that the satisfaction... You can't overtalk Jeff. You can't overtalk Jeff. If you know the podcast. Have it. You can have it. Go for it, Jeff. <laughs> you get it in, you get it in. To keep it in? <laughs> Just, 
I was just going to say, you, uh, Bobby's got the luxury of having some high-powered clients. So then his armies are, are, are on six tables and are probably have a better than average chance of walking off with a big trophy. So then people are, there's a lot of eyes that end up on the man's armies, whether he likes it or not. And it's good for business. So having high powered players bringing, asking you for armies is only going to drum up even more work for you. Very true. I think um, personally, my greatest satisfaction is actually whoever gets that finished army, just them talking to you afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. I think plenty of times my, my girlfriend thinks I've got like a secret woman who keeps messaging me all the time because my phone's pinging like a crazy man. But um, when, you, when they do get it finally in their hands and you, know, you get 15 messages all in the space of a minute and then all of a sudden the photos are out of them unpacking it and this and that, uh, uh, it's quite unbelievable how excited people get to the point where you think, are they okay? Are they a bit... <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. uh, it, it goes full on. And uh, I think it's amazing when it, when it does finally, you know, if a month or two of work, finally you get the result. And you have that conversation with a guy and they'll phone you randomly forget the time difference you know in the world so it could be three o'clock in the morning and they're ringing you and they just want to tell you it's awesome i think that's what i really like just to, for them to enjoy it have it and then use them i imagine yeah it's cool we've lost dayton sam that dayton's gone all quiet on us well, well i mean i can tell you i mean think about that though the concept that somebody is thanking you for the work you do you know, like in most career fields, especially mine, I'm, I'm glad if I don't hear anything because <laughs> sure. that means that there were no problems. I, I'm an engineer. So, you know, nobody ever is like, you know, hey, good job on that design. No, you only hear about it when something isn't fitting or something doesn't work or something breaks. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you get the luxury of people prize your work. They want what you've got and they let you know it. And it must just be so invigorating. Um, I think it's really awesome as well, because I work, when I worked for Games Workshop, it was, uh, it was very similar work, really. You were doing vast amount of models, uh, but the only person who was being satisfied was the area manager who would come around, look at your cabinet and make sure it had ticked all the boxes and looked good enough. Yep. And then he never really gave you a pat on the back that much. He just kind of walked by and then you didn't get shouted at. So you were like, winner. And, uh, Obviously not all of them were like that, but that's what it felt like. You know, you literally spent so many hours in your own spare time painting all those models for that cabinet and there was not great reward. Uh, it was all from your customers that liked it, not from mm -hmm. your bosses. Yeah. I've got a secret to tell you is that there was a manager in a, at a local GW that he actually had me paint all of their display stuff. Oh. And, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah that, that, I won't say who or where, but oh. that did happen. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> 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 I've seen those GW instructions that they send the uh, managers. It's a totally different instruction that they put in the, the magazine. That's fascinating. Uh, we're going to do a timeout here. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like to engage in intercourse of multiple partners at once? Are you tired of conventional means of birth control and STI prevention? Do we have a product for you here at Venn Diaphragm? A diaphragm designed to take multiple loads at a time. If you want to pump 50 gallons of man semen inside of your vagina at any given day, a Venn diaphragm is for you. Designed to cover multiple partners at once. Venn diaphragm. How's the audio? You sound good. It's all right. It's a bit fuzzy before, but it's clear now. I think it's good. Say, I was out in a boat in a boat. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to moose you in the bush. <laughs> it's a boot democracy. <laughs> All right, we're back. Sorry about my audio issues. Turns out my nice expensive microphone no longer works anymore. So I'm back on the old school set. So sorry about that. spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> I, I spent a decent amount. You know, you get like an audio sound board and everything like that and you think it would be good but uh something for me to work out but we're back in and we're good and uh we'll jump into listener questions once i open everything up because i just had to reset a bunch of stuff so. oh no because you know it's unfortunate when you're trying to host and uh, all of a sudden you lose your audio yeah people like to listen to me right there we go well, um, I've got I've got a question while you get that opened up. Um, for Bobby, let's start with you. Um, were you into tabletop games before you started doing painting, or was it you were always you were always an artist, and the models are just a part of the job? Uh, I think it all start. I started as a collector of models. Really, I was uh, just fascinated in toy soldiers. So when I did that for a good ten years as a kid became 18 it was then that i started to learn painting i went to a games workshop a manager taught us properly and i loved it and then i spent 10 years working for gw and that was pretty much uh, when i started to get the the love and the passion for painting working there um, and it was only when i moved from um, down south and came up north here um, that i then decided to set up the painting studio and definitely it's, it's got to be the the painting now it's, it's i don't even really play many of the games now i haven't got the time but the painting definitely is what what drives me now and um, I haven't ever had like a, any painting I've done. It's never been through lack of passion. That hasn't occurred. So many other people get burnt out and, uh, or struggle to like get stuff done. And I have quite a routine of getting up at eight o'clock in the morning, like having a yogurt and some fruit and I'm ready to rock. And I will gladly do 10 hours and I will enjoy every single minute of it with some cheesy rock music on the go. So that's how it is. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, what about you, Brandon? I was always an artist first. Um, I was 18 years old when I first saw 40K and I just randomly walked into a comic book shop with my younger brother and he saw Space Marines and I saw Necrons and we both bought a box, not even knowing it was a game. We just thought they were models and I built you know, jets and things like that before. And, and we took them a week later to the store, all painted up and he's like, all right, you want to play? <laughs> like what fascinating so, so that's how that started sweet all right let's start questions uh dane who is always just on the forefront of asking questions right away uh <laughs> how much is too much to drink while you paint and should i stop drinking while trying to do freehand stuff uh <laughs> brandon okay first off there is no limit I've seen your limit. And no, you should never stop. <laughs> no. I, I did those drunken streams where I drank a good nine beers in three hours on the stream, which is a lot of beer, you know, like there's guys who can handle that, but you know, I'm not huge. And uh, yeah, nine beers while painting and doing, and I, I think the last time I did that, I was doing a Harlequin and I was doing the diamonds freehand. So, you know, keep going. Wow. You actually get a softer touch the drunker you get. (laughs) Very impressive. Uh, Brandon or Bobby, 
Sorry? Well, I'm on a lot of medication, so I think alcohol is normally going to create some amazing things. So I would always <laughs> say, you know, link those two together and go a bit crazy because you might come up with something genius is how it occurs. Genius sometimes can't be planned. You've got to just let it happen. So uh, I say just go all in and see what you Sally create. and I need to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Hate the color of the sky, right? Just to tell. That's, that's what I would always say. If you don't risk things and you don't try things with your painting, then it just becomes a bit bland and boring. So get, get whatever it is you want, get it in you, get it done. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Weller, I normally burn out while painting for just procrastinate or for just procrastinate until I just justify my lack of painting. Apart from it's your job, what gets you painting for you? Those are roots. Yeah. A little bit of an odd question. Right? So he, he just burns, he burns himself out because he procrastinates. Help me out. Thank you. Um, just from his lack of painting. But uh, apart from this, what's your job? Like, what's your motivator to get painting for you other than money? <laughs> <laughs> Who first? Uh, Brandon, go for it. Okay. So uh, motivation, really for me, it's thinking of a new project or how I want this army to turn out or whatever I'm working on, even if it's a single model, single squad, I like to think about it at my normal job or, you know, before bed and you just, you jazz yourself up, you get excited about it and you want to think about the project before sitting at the table doing it. That's the big thing for me is I already have an image in my head of what this army is going to look like. And it's just exciting to, to sit down at your desk and get it going. So that was a motivation for me anyway. It's just Do you you know, journal trying your something new. What? Do you journal your dreams? Well, well, you know, sometimes they're dreams, sometimes they become nightmares, and then again, nightmare, you have to stop, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't upset our guest, Dayton. <laughs> no, no. I'm fragile, I... okay? <laughs> Leave him alone. Stop being so critical. <laughs> uh bobby what about yourself what uh what motivates you to paint other than the overwhelming customer demands and the money and the fact that the supplies you're living and other than like growing my ego so my, my head's too fat to fit out of the room yeah that's it but um, no, i'm part of our grand scheme the girlfriend Jeff, says the Jeff is here his head is his head is the biggest by far don't worry about also it. true also true I think it's got to be the initial kind of chat or the discussion with the client or whoever wants me to paint for them. It's, it's quite incredible how, you, uh, how your brain thinks and tries to visualize what they want. And uh, a good example is when I talk with Bods, he now just phones me normally and then tells me. So you, you get to see what he wants almost by the amount of spit that he puts through that microphone. And uh, it really does help to really motivate you because then you know that they really do give a damn. They really do... You know, they're almost as passionate as you, but they just want you to paint that. They, they know what they, they can see it in their head, but they can't do it themselves sometimes or they don't have the time. So uh, I think it's that creative side when you're sketching it out on a bit of paper, sorting out your colors, talking back and forth. And uh, that whole designing the build up to the actual getting the paints out, I think is the best for me because then you're almost unleashed and there's hardly any issues that slow you down or stop you. Uh, okay, I got to wrap two questions. Oh, oh Brandon's got I have a question for Bobby. Yeah. Do you ever paint miniatures for yourself? I do, yes. Not um, that's big. And I you, have to, you have to do but that. But I do. And I also do stuff that no one really sees. I don't put it on Instagram or show it. I just have it and paint it, and I enjoy it. Um, I have a massive thing for Boba Fett. 
So I actually have like some of the Star Wars stuff. I don't know what it is, but from a kid, I love Boba Fett. I've got artwork. I've got Stormtroopers, all that. But no one sees it. I don't like to uh, just go, here's me. I just like to do it to calm myself, you know, tick that little box and keep me going when I'm maybe flagging a bit or just wanting to break from it. Uh, Bobby, have you seen the Star Wars Legion, uh, the Mandalore attack team? I have, yes. They do look very nice. So, um, yeah, I've already got some stuff undercoated, though. You don't want to build up that shame box, you know, too big. So, uh, what baby steps? Don't don't tell Jeff. (laughs) Again, large head, lots of (laughs) models. But, you know, actually, I, I want to interject as well. What is your favorite model, Bobby? Like the one for yourself. Which one is it that you saw it and you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I got to have it. This was the one that I want for me and I don't care and I'm going to have it for myself. What would you say is if you had to pick one, which one would it be? Um, I think I would actually pick. It's, it's not actually that a fantastic a model compared to other things, but it had an effect on me quite massive in that I instantly wanted it. And that was the first um, new Sister of Battle sculpt, that single model Fair. that they had with the base. It wasn't anything too extreme. My girlfriend likes Ilariel and it's like a giant beetle and you think, Jesus, there's a lot going on. But when I saw the new Sisters of Battle, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And when I got it and painted it, I think I actually ended up painting twice as long as I normally would on, a, on something that size, um, just because of the sheer joy of it. The, the fact that it was so much better than it used to be. And even the base, I was like, there was roses, there was flowers, there was yeah, base. Yeah, I know the model. It is awesome. It is and awesome. It has to be that model, I think. I think I'd loved Sisters of Battle before that. One of my clients is French and he's very massive into the heraldry and that. And me too. Totally. And when I kind of saw it, I was like, I've got to do that. Got to have it. Well, French to, royalty. Take, to take off of that too, uh, their art direction that they chose to go with for their codex and stuff and how they portray the sisters is amazing. It's amazing work. The whole dark and gritty, hardcore, won't take your shit kind of women in their I art. I think it's fascinating awesome. what they did to it. I mean, the previous models in metal were quite good, I thought, actually. They actually looked quite cool, but the new ones, yeah, there was just up. something about it. Uh, I like so, their grittiness, like they, how so many of them are scarred up and stuff. Like, this isn't about being pretty. This is about being a soldier, and it's cool. Uh, Brandon, I guess that same question goes to you. Even though Jeff's got a hard on for Bobby and <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> everyone a, does. That is a tough question, <laughs> though. Spread it around to be fair. <laughs> um, I, I, to be honest, I don't have any specific model. There's, there's always been one at a certain time. You know, every six months something comes out, or I see something that it just you drool over, and you just I've got to get my hands on it. So I think the one that I can remember the most is um, Nagash from Age of Sigmar when that model came out. I was, I, I was, had never played fantasy before, wasn't all that interested in fantasy. I didn't want to paint 200 miniatures and play a game for five hours. But uh, three. But when Age of really Sigmar came out, and yeah, and then <laughs> Nagash came out and I saw that and there weren't that many large miniatures yet. You know, there's, there's yeah. all sorts of huge miniatures in the game now. But then that was like one of the first ones. And when I saw that, I just, I had to. And here's, here's the, here's, this is kind of freaky. I have not finished a Nagash yet. I have never painted and oh. finished a Nagash. Uh, compared to the That's old wild. model, See, cause... the old Nagash. Oh, that old model is awesome. Horrible. Okay, I have finished that one. <laughs> yeah, that little guy. What about the you, clown. But you I don't know what I don't know how to say his name. Is it Abaddon? Ab- Abaddon? Abaddon, whatever you want to say. Um, the yeah. one is pretty wonderful. And it, it paid a good homage to the old school as well. I really like it. It really did. Heavy, 
I'm not stuck in GW's cock. I really, they're an interesting company. I have a lot of dislikes about them and a lot of likes. But their way that they pay homage to stuff that they've done in the past, I think is fantastic. Uh, and yes, cool. Jeff, uh, I think you're asking me about uh, when I painted Mortarion. Yeah, I was. Oh. Mortarion. Yeah, yeah that see, was... Mortarion had that effect on me. I've had three 40K models that have, when they came out, even though I had zero connection to them, I just had to have them, and they were just too cool. The first one was Mortarian. When he dropped, it was just like, wow, what an amazing model. I didn't even have a Death Guard army. And I went and bought that model, and I built him up, and that was one that I built and painted immediately. Um, Gilliman, when he dropped, was just insane, and I had to have him. And I built an entire Ultramarines army around him. I didn't even like Ultramarines before that. But when he came out, the whole army popped up around him. And uh, now I pretty much, my Marine army that I play is exclusively Ultramarines. But uh, Gilliman is, for that question though, Gilliman is my, my answer. I, I love that model. He is so awesome. Can't give him up. So to follow up on Jeff's question, what I was still answering before Jeff just took over his own question. Um, I, the nice thing about Mortarion, when I did it, uh, it was the first large model of that size I've ever done before. And I've never used airbrush before, so that was my first time airbrushing. And then when I painted him, it was my first time wet blending. So I tried two totally things I've never done before, and yeah, it was fantastic to try on such a large scale model. Yeah, with a big canvas like that, you get to play around with things yeah. you've never done before. And if it doesn't work, just cover over it and try again. Well, I mean, I didn't go like homosexual on it or anything. I, like, <laughs> no, it was really good. How many hours did you spend yeah. on it with Titan? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't log my hours. It's really weird. I, I have emotional states when I paint models. Like I know my emotional and enthusiasm for a model, and that's kind of like a time frame for I have. Where in the beginning, it's kind of like, okay, I just got to put the brush to the miniature and start getting things done. And then you kind of get to that euphoria level where you're like, okay, it's coming together. I want to get it done. Now, now I'm ignoring my family and I'm ignoring everything else going on <laughs> in life. And I need to get this done because it's starting to come together. And I think then, then things just happen. Then it just gets crushed out. And that basically is my hobby shelf of things I need to just get my brush on. Because I know once that starts, it just goes. Uh, but maybe probably 24 hours minimum i'd say Whew. see that's passion you better keep that miniature forever <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's been around for a long long time he sits in my display case and it's kind of funny too like uh i don't know this is not an episode about me but i got so tired of painting uh age of sigmar flesh and stuff i just needed some a break so i bought like a mass tau army and then painted tau because i just gorgeous tau army by the way yeah, very hey, nice thanks. Uh, yeah. I just needed a break, and I figured that was probably the biggest faction that's focused around armor and paneling, and I want to try something different. And I don't even know if I'll ever play that army. Maybe I should just sell it off. But <laughs> it was, in, you know, you have like uh, themes and ideas of things you want to translate into an actual product in your head. So it's just nice to experiment with things. And uh, that was my whole, I wanted a Road Warrior-esque army in a desert with roads 
and barrels and beat up and that's what i did <laughs> i did the same thing with the tau army i wanted to do a tron army and i painted a tau army to be tron i did the um whatever that list was with all the big heavy things at the end of seventh edition that frankie came up with i did that with a tron tau cool. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that done a lot. Uh, Bobby, have you ever jumped out and experimented just for the sake of experimenting? Yeah, I think there was a stage where I was getting a bit uh, bit stagnant almost. You know, once you do your base coats and you do your rhythm of washes and highlights, eventually it becomes a bit, you know, it gets a bit dull at times. So I often liven things up by either doing something like a new technique or something that I've seen someone else do and I have no idea what's happening. So I'm like, I'll try to copy that. Um, I, I quite like that Vince Venturello, I think he's called. Mm. And um, his style is completely different to mine. And I don't really copy him, but I like what he says. He seems to be quite artistic. He's clearly, he understands it better than me. And uh, I always try to have maybe two different things on, on the go at once. So trying to have a normal model that you're doing, that you're plowing on with a squad of five or 10, and then have something quite different with like more cloth or more, something completely different, like more flesh or something. And I, f I find that helps me an awful lot. Keep it going. Uh, all right. That's that's fantastic. Uh, okay, I got to combine two questions together because they're kind of based around the same thing. Uh, George Thompson asks, "What is your favorite tasting paint brand?" And Scott <laughs> Phillips also asks, "After painting for long hours, I often enjoy a coffee, but occasionally I drink from the brush water by accident." In your opinion, what color paint tastes the best, Brandon? <laughs> I think some of our fans are autistic or something. It's it's funny because this has been asked to me on a podcast before, and I can't remember what I said tasted the best. So I have you. Have I you guys paid attention to water? Have you guys paid attention to Mini uh, Mini Maniac before? Not familiar. He's I mean, a little bit. Yeah, he's a YouTuber painter, and he actually has an episode where he puts paint on plates. And he sits there. They're acrylic. They're all acrylic things. And he tastes the paint and he tries to guess which is the most expensive paint and which is the lower brand paint. Like he has three different <laughs> oh my God. It's really weird. But yeah. And we tell kids not to eat paint chips. Acrylic? You can do acrylic a little bit. It's it's a water-based paint uh, in small doses, for sure. I wouldn't recommend anything heavy, but... Uh, so, Brandon, you, you don't have a particular... I, I seem to remember there being some sort of brown airbrush paint that almost smelt like chocolate. So I never tasted it, but I remember going, this would be the one I would eat. And it was either Badger or Vallejo. I think it's Vallejo, to be honest. Vallejo Model Air. Yeah. So, Vallejo <laughs> Model Air paints. I'll eat those all day. On Bobby, my $400 Bobby. cake. How about yourself? <laughs> uh, I think for me, uh, I would probably go with something like a Vallejo um, metal color because I think they smell a little bit like petrol. And I've got a bit of a thing for smelling <laughs> petrol. So they have metal flakes in them. They have, they have metal flakes in that, though. Yeah, but you don't, I'm not saying swig it or down it like a shot. I'm just saying it smells good. So if I was going to enjoy it, I think I'd enjoy that because it would smell nice. <laughs> Again, I need to start hanging out with Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be crapping out like sparkly glitter poops, but it'd be fine. <laughs> oh, uh, a very basic question uh, from Andrew Weller. It was, ooh, what's your favorite color? Brandy? Purple. 
I know it's, and, it's weird. It's a weird question to ask someone who's colorblind. Okay, but, okay. So I'll give you the explanation then. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I need I cannot. I cannot see it. I, I've never seen purple the way you have seen purple. But that can be said for any anyone, I guess. Um, I like purple because of the way it makes my face feel when I say it. Purple. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that genuine. Answer. I love that, Bobby. <laughs> what do you, What do you got, Bobby? It's fair well, color. Clearly, one of us has not been on the alcohol, and that's me. So uh, I will go with orange. <laughs> um, I've got a thing for having stupidly outlandish colors. I think it comes from seeing like um, Lamborghinis as a kid, and you had that poster, and it was either some bright yellow or orange or luminous green, but definitely orange for me is the color that I like. Um, if I can get it into somewhere, I think it looks amazing. And when I do my yellow space screens, I, I shade with that orange, and it just makes it better, I think, without them without. Just orange. Uh, to go back on me, uh, <laughs> I was going to do a GSE army, and I was really fascinated with the whole old school safe space sci-fi kind of thing. And I wanted to do it all like gray suits, but have orange as the accent color to the gray. And yeah, I, I got tons of orange. I really like anytime you do reds and stuff, orange is my go-to for highlighting. And, but to do orange specific, I just don't really have many examples of getting to do that. Space yeah. main eye lenses. You do some orange on the space main eye lenses, they just look awesome, don't they? Yeah. Troll flares look fan freaking tastic. And there's a there they have a strong orange dominance. The one troll slayer I did was purple. See, that's on you. You're the one that doesn't want purple, to tell them. Purple skin dwarf is what I wanted. With, <laughs> with orange hair. I did orange hair for him though, and it pops really well. And orange isn't a hard color to paint, which is really nice. They have the GW specifically has a lot of nice base paints that you can start orange with and it goes on pretty smooth and easy. Here's a question. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, paint brand? Brand. Vallejo model. Yeah. Bobby? I use more GW than I use Vallejo, but Vallejo black and Vallejo white. Um, and then German gray, which they turned to anthractite gray recently. And then, um, basalt gray those are like that is my line so yeah the the black to gray to white though that transition yeah those are my favorite and the, I, I just really like the dropper bottles it just makes things so much easier everyone does the dropper bottles yeah you just like mm -hmm. do one drop here and one drop there it's 50 50 you don't have to do a brush and try and figure it out like gw paints but gw makes good paint too or some of it <laughs> We're not sponsored by you. It's fine, Bobby. Okay. Or so they're paint have... dog shit. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an amateur. But... They're metallics. They're metallics or dog shit. They used to be wonderful. Bolt gun, chain mail, and mithril. Yeah. Wonderful. What changed? What changed? I don't know. So they, they, they went from their standard range, and then they had the foundation paints, and then they did the washes. And then... I think they went with a new vendor or someone who was making the paint. Something changed, and the whole line changed to where it's now a layer paint, a base paint. It's not a wash now. What is it called? I don't shade. even know. A shade. shade. Yeah, all that stuff. And it just got to the point where they made five colors that was that was fine with just having bleach bone. You don't need to have five different bone colors to make that bleach yeah. bone. Yeah. So. But I mean, you're right. There is something different about their metals. Like they're, they're metallic. Like they separate yeah. really badly. Their gold, 
Their gold That's, is by far the worst gold I've ever played with. What, what happened? They didn't. I don't remember them. Except for retrib- retribution armor, retributor armor. Retributor. I don't know the base paint. That one's great, and it airbrushes really well as well. As long as you use some flow improver. I went to the uh, AK Interactive True Metals, which is uh, like a soft wax metal uh, paint. It's like a, it's it's a more of a oil paint. And mixed with a little bit of mineral spirits, it just covers like no metallic I've ever had before. And the nice thing too is it's because it's wax based. Um, if you need scratches or any wear, you can go in with a toothpick afterwards and just kind of scrape it, and it changes the pigment because you're pushing it away, but it doesn't push right through. I've never tried this. Fantastic, Bobby. Sorry, what's uh, what's your favorite uh, paint? Um, I, I'm changing. I think it was mainly Games Workshop because uh, I've been used to their brand and I've kind of learned how the colors work for so long. But I think I'm trying some of the Pro Acryl and it's having some great effect now. Um, I'm really loving their transparent paints. So when you put them in an airbrush and you want to just change the kind of the, the slight shade or the kind of going from a yellow to like a deep brown, you can whap an orange transparent color in between through the airbrush. And it, it goes on in like a almost like very fine dots. And it's so super smooth and so like perfectly blended. Um, and I did the, the, tried the purple on the recent army for the chariot as well, and it just really gave it some depth with almost minimal effort. And because yeah, they're high pigment, it's, it goes on real quick. You can dilute them, so it's the pigment I think is what's the, the kitty for them. That was the biggest thing. Uh, Maniac, I'm not sponsored by him whatsoever, but Mini Maniac has got a he, thing for him. Yeah, he he did the pro acrylics, and he pushed them through an airbrush and he diluted them quite a bit, and even the whites still held up their pigmentation. But uh, they used to be done by Creature Caster, and now they've actually separated. So now they're their own thing. Monument yeah. of the Beast, is that it? Yeah, I believe so. They're, uh, I've never had, got to try them myself, but they're supposed to be fantastic. It's good they're, never good. Yeah. they're very minimalistic. Uh, they start out very basic with their color range. I think it's like six, 16 different colors that they went with. and But that's really painted when you get down to the basics. There's four colors. So you can do whatever you want with those four colors, right? So it's it's neat to see the uh, minimalistic approach. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then George Thompson follows up with, uh, after the paint tasting, and if your answer is Tamilia, what did you name your new little green leprechaun friend? <laughs> Tamilia paint. Is that your tongue or something? What? No, Tamilia paints are... Highly, oh, highly, oh, the Tamiya paints, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they stink to high hell. Yeah, <laughs> the it's... only Tamiya that I use is their dull coat, and that's only for like competition pieces because it's like nine dollars a can. Do they smell like petrol? Because I might like them. What, what are they? Smell? Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. them and uh, testers are probably your go to most caustic oh. paints. That's so funny. Uh, Beyond the Battlefield podcast asks, what's it like to have one of the most handsome, charismatic, hilarious clients in all of 40K, Bobby? I don't know who he's talking about. I'm not one of his clients. Nah. What's he <laughs> we all know who that is. And, uh, <laughs> that'd be Bods. It's, it's Bods for anyone that's not keeping up. <laughs> I do have to honestly say, he is actually quite enjoyable. I can see why you guys put up with him. He's quite entertaining. I think with a few beers, he might be horrifically entertaining. 
And uh, I think uh, he, he's a good spice for the party, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he's a, he wins, he does win best generals. And he's a thrill to play with. And he's a generally good person. He does actually talk about you guys quite a lot as well. It's not all about himself. I know you think his ego's on par with mine, but uh, it's, it's actually bigger. But uh, he does talk about his friends <laughs> and uh, now and again, you know, 0.4 of a second. But uh, he, he does, he does, it does sound like you guys have a great group over there. I'm a little bit jealous, to be honest. When he, when he does talk to me, it's always great to hear how you guys get on. And how I mean, the our group is so good, we got Americans in there now, too. So. Gee. <laughs> Somehow, uh, now, by some cruel twist of fate... Our forces are aligned. So it's it's really hard to proceed with a podcast more on topics without giving questions to our guests. So I guess one thing that was kind of curious to me was, what is your setup? Like, what is what puts you in the zone to paint? What's what are you listening to? What are you like YouTubing or like walk us through? You're about to go do some work, Brandon. Um, all right, walk into the studio, turn on all the lights, and flip on the airbrush machine, even if it's not going to be used first thing, just make sure it's pumped up, ready to go. Um, got to put the laptop on and find something on Netflix or something like that. Usually the office is a good one. I think I've watched the office a good four or five times all the way through painting miniatures. Because I have to watch something that I've seen before because I'm only hearing it because I never yep. look up. So podcasts are good, but I, I just, I haven't been listening to a lot of them recently because I've fallen out of the community more or less because, you know, I'm not doing this full time anymore. So yeah, usually it's just get set up, get comfortable, make sure you have a, a jug of water, maybe a cocktail with you as well. Just make sure you have everything you need to sit down and zone out for four hours. Uh, may I recommend listening to Party of the Points? I heard they're actually really good. See? Yeah, they're it. an okay See? podcast. I hear it's pretty good. <laughs> Bobby, how about yourself? Walk us through a typical day. I'm very similar. I have a routine, and if I if I break that routine, I'm not ready for the day. So um, I'll, I'll have the computer started and warmed up, get the coffee on. Um, yogurt and fruit is the morning ritual as well. Keep it trying to get healthy. There's no fry up here these days. Um, you pop your lights on, put my blind up in the office here. And um, I don't, I can't watch things when I'm painting. And I also, when I hear things, I don't pay any attention. So if it's a podcast and that, I only half listen. So I tend to have music on normally. Um, and I can't even, I don't even know the lyrics of the songs I'm listening to. And I've heard some of these songs hundreds of times. I, I cannot recollect anything. I don't know what it is in my brain, but it can't focus on listening and painting. But it, what it does do is it gets me in the mood to uh, just crack on and let the time fly by. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing worth. I don't look at my clock. No, um, I completely feel you. I'm going to this after you. So. And that's pretty much how I start. So as soon as that, it's normally, traditionally, it's like cheesy rock music. The girlfriend hates it. And uh, if it's not that, then it's German heavy metal. So that will be <laughs> pumping nicely. And if the doorbell goes, I don't even move. It's just like, I'm, never mind. I'm not answering that, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm doing something. So... You know, that just gets you in the zone and everything's to hand as well. So I've got like the mask from uh, when I do my airbrushing, everything is right next to me. So I, I spin like a little crazy netballer, kind of like trying to get all my tools and that. And uh, I just enter that zone. And it's amazing how much more productive you can be when you've got a bit of a routine. For someone like me anyway, and like Brandon, there are some that like chaos. I quite like a nice clean workbench when I start the day so that I haven't got to like 
rummage through and find all the bits I'm looking for. I want to start from scratch and start fresh. All right, that's a rule at the end of each commission or the end of each project. You, I clean off the entire desk, put all the paints away, but everything is within grasp. You know, you're, you're, you don't mm -hmm. have to reach far for anything. And yeah, it, during a project, I let it get chaos. But as soon as that pr single project is over, even if it's one miniature, everything goes back to where it goes. I think a bit of chaos is lovely, isn't it? it? When it's actually rolling, it's lovely to just see piles of paints and brushes thrown to the side as you're like looking and marveling at your work and going, got it nailed. And then it's suddenly Artists dark outside. Organized chaos. <laughs> organized yeah. chaos. If you have it too yeah. clean, I think sometimes it gets a little bit sterile and you lose something from the finished result. Absolutely. So, okay, my procedure is, is close to Bobby's. Um, I cannot deal with an external stimuli at all. Hey, Jeff, I'm going to talk over you. I'm going to go pee. Oh, Keep go ahead. <laughs> no music, no, no TV, no nothing. Well, what it is, I don't watch TV because I want to watch it. Because, like, oh, I, okay. I, I have the ability to just kind of take interest in just about anything. You know, and so it's like if something's going on, it'll be at least somewhat interesting. So then I'll pay attention to it. What I do is actually I listen to highly rhythmic music on loop. So it's the same tune over and over again. And it puts me into kind of like a, a grind. And that is how when I sit down to do a big painting session, I will put I will listen to the same tune over and over again repeated and it's just to create a rhythm because like i'm not paying attention to the music or anything and then actually it does not have words it um like what there's two tunes that i kind of go to as default um the imperial march from star wars you know that that like when vader comes in the first time like that tune works great for me and i just get sucked right into the paint zone and I'm able to focus and all the external stimuli just falls away and I'm like you guys and like I've got my paints in a separate area and I'll pull over the initial colors that I know I'm going to use and then at the end of the project there's like a whole huge thing of of all the paints that I've used for this project and uh but yeah so I will I will use music as a tone as a as a pace setter and just focal point for my attention and um yeah so I, I definitely feel that like kind of closing yourself off and i have really nice head headphones that i put on so i'll just put on my headphones and i don't hear anything and i just have this music playing in the background and i just focus on the project at hand um but, jeff can i just butt yeah. in i think that also happens with serial killers i think when they need to psych themselves <laughs> up I, it does sound a little bit, you know, like when you watch NFL as well, I can imagine in their helmets, they've got some music blaring and the yeah, mission is to go smash someone in. The, maybe it's the case for compulsive personalities, like for people that are just like, you know, hyper into things. But um, I was, sounds just, awesome. I, I was just laughing at the fact that I took off to go to the bathroom and I came back and Jeff was still talking about the same thing. <laughs> I was just coming to the conclusion of my of my point you cynical man okay well here i have a question for bobby um do you ever paint live or do any sort of tutorial videos or anything like that and if you do um does that change your ability to paint certain things like when i was doing live live Sorry, go on. You know, video people would be asking you questions while you're painting and they're asking questions about something 
that you're not painting. And mm. at first it was really hard to, you know, paint a salamander space marine while someone's asking me how to paint yellow. And 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 I was trying to describe it while doing what I was doing. But it, it took a while and I was able to figure it out and actually it was kind of fun. So it, is that something you've ever tried or it, does that affect your ability? Um, to be honest, Brandon, I've not done anything like that yet. The only sort of tutorials I've done have been in a picture form where it's all obviously like controlled and there's no external influence. Um, I think it would be tricky, but I think it is possible. And it's something that I think I would want to do because I do have so many people that message me that want to know something and they want to know with me actually doing it as opposed to describing it or showing it in pictures. They obviously want to see it there and then. And I think they would love to have that input. I think when I see, I don't actually watch that many other painters to be honest when they do their things. But when I do, I, I do appreciate how people get involved and people kind of get to ask the things. But like you've just said, if it's not related to what you're painting, I think that might be a horrendous distraction. And when you're trying to focus on something and paint something amazing and they're talking about something else, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, this is a struggle. Um, <laughs> I do think it would be awesome. not good at uh, staying on topic when you're painting miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, I am really interested in it. Uh, for, for next year, I think we did a stream for the charity event this year and they want to stream me next year. Uh, not continuously, but they want to film me for half an hour um, when I'm doing like, a painting lesson with someone because I'm doing some little VIP uh, painting lessons where it's just a one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, I did it last uh, a couple of years back, but it wasn't filmed. And I think it, it might actually be a very good thing to do. Um, but I'm not entirely sure how well it will go with me being a bit, you know, upset with distractions. I might lose my way a bit. But um, definitely, I think it would be cool to do. I think it's worth trying out, see how it goes. It's, 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 it's a really weird thing to do, too, because you can tell some of the process, the paints that you use, but it's not going to come out the same. And I think that's what makes hobby and, and painting such a unique thing. Hence why I said that's really interesting to get other artists on your wall is because you can never replicate that. And I think, I think also the... you, you have to show it sometimes. I've had people like when they ask how you paint that and you, you were about to write it in words and you're like, I, I, can't, I can't quite tell you how that happened because everything I say does, isn't actually how it happens. It, I haven't got the right words and you think I could just show you and in 10 seconds you'd understand it or in a whole paragraph, you just wouldn't. So I, th I can see the benefit of just showing someone sometimes. Just so that it's like when you see how they water down paint, you know, simple things like that. You say, you know, do a ratio 50-50, they do it and it doesn't work. And you're like, oh, okay. So here's a question for me, uh, from me. If you have someone who's never actually touched the hobby before, is about to go into assembling an Ideneth Deepkin army and then painting herself, Hey, 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 my wife, oh, we're getting specific here. Who has never, never painted before? What pieces of advice do you have for someone who's never put a little paintbrush to a paint can and put it on a mini before? Bobby or Brandon? Sorry. Um, one step at a time. <laughs> you'll you'll get defeated really quick if you have this grand idea and you've never done it before, and you're trying to do it all at once, one miniature takes a very long time if you've never done it before. One Space Marine will take you six hours if you've never painted a miniature before, and that's pretty darn defeating. So one step at a time. Learn how to base coat. Learn how to prime. You know, Once you've got your prime on there and it's nice and smooth, now you got to figure out how to get a base coat on nice and smooth. Just one step at a time. Just 
You have to learn those things individually. And YouTube University is what I always tell people. Just jump on YouTube and you will be able to find things. Like no one ever showed me how to use an airbrush. I learned everything about airbrushing online and just figuring it out. To be so, fair, I'm not going to just kick her off the plank and <laughs> yeah. I will show her how to yeah, airbrush and prime yeah. and how to paint and stuff. But. but they don't have to, no one has to airbrush either. Like H.R. Uh, Geiger, H.R. Giger, whatever you want to mm. call him. Um, yeah. His, uh, his recommendation for a new artist was stay away from the airbrush. And that's what he used, you know, so it's, that that's not a necessary tool it's it's good for people who are painting large amounts of things to do it quickly but you don't really need to have that you can almost do everything that you do with an airbrush with thinning your paints and dry brushing so if you don't have access to it or the ability or the money to get one don't worry about it it's not a big deal and for our podcast listeners that was not jeff's vehicle starting up and driving away <laughs> Was that was someone my in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that was a Harley down my neighborhood. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff's in a Civic hatchback. It's not doing that. <laughs> Price isn't here, man. I got to dig. Sorry, Bobby. It's okay. It's all right. I, I, I invite the wrath, so I will take it. I'll take it. I want, but you know what? I don't want to be rude. I want to let my guest, Bobby, answer this question. Because I care about what he thinks, Dayton. Are you sure? Are you sure you're not going to ask a question that answers yourself? Why don't you let the man talk? Why don't you let the man talk? I'm going to get up and make a cocktail while yeah, Bobby's you do that. doing this. Do you think? Have I got a green light now? Have we yeah, a real good? It's, it's all you, buddy. <laughs> I think the first thing I would say is um, if try, try and learn it with someone. I think patience is key. I did lots of painting lessons when I was with GW, and I must have done thousands of painting lessons, especially with the youngsters, like, you know, eight the kind of age where you're not too sure if they're going to be old enough to actually do it well or if they're going to encounter more problems. And I always found when, when it was rushed, it didn't work. So I know when I had lots of patience, when I was like showing people how to paint uh, and also did it with them. So if you would paint a hand, you'd let them paint a hand, then you would compare it and then you'd go, yep, you know, a bit of praise and it speeds along. And then at the end of maybe half an hour when it's all finished, I think the reward at the end of that is astronomical. I, I, I used to paint with people, young lads that were like autistic. And when they came in, they were shy and very kind of reserved. And at the end of a painting lesson, they were waiting like a banshee because they were so excited. And you were like, it just shows you that if you could just sit and pay attention for a little bit and listen carefully and be patient when you're doing it. I think um, whatever the technique is, um, you can then show it. And the amount of times I saw like a proud parent that would then look at what their kid had just done um, or even match what the parent had done skill-wise if they were new as well. I don't think it really matters if you show them the skill and they follow it and they enjoy it. I think that's the key. And if they don't enjoy it, then you've got to change what you teach or how you teach it. So sometimes that what works for me won't work, I think, for the other person. So you've got to switch it up, find out what makes them smile. And I think what, if, you know, if they like sticking on a certain color, if they want pink polka dots, it doesn't actually matter what colors they're getting on. So long as they know, you know what your brush yeah, this, 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 the techniques of how to like keep tidy, not make a mess, what dry brushing is, how it works. I think if you just find what makes them smile and get an end result, I think that's what I would always go for. Patience and just do it with them. Jesus Christ, you're a very positive individual, Bobby. I think you have to be, to be honest. When I was at Games Workshop, I, I, I won't lie, I, I, I trained my staff so hard on how to look after people that came in the door. And I've applied that for my whole life. So when I'm dealing with people like Bods, who's in your face telling you what he wants, 
there's got to be a level where you kind of you think I need that other person to be happy and and I need to kind of find out what makes them smile and make that happen what do you feel about Duncan leaving on his own Drop stuff to him yeah I'm very happy it's clearly something that he wanted to do you can see that little sparkle in his eyes now he hasn't got like a the uber furo above him teaching him what how to do it and what to say he's almost unleashed and it's his, his business isn't it him and the other lads so uh top stuff no, that's good. It's interesting. Uh, Dave, do you have advice for new painters? Uh, practice. <laughs> practice. Okay. I mean, have I know a theme. I'm have a theme. Pick honestly. Probably one of my basics would go down to in the same way that I treat armies is pick three colors and figure out how those three colors are going to mingle together and then build off those three colors. Yeah. Like they can be maybe shades of those colors, but try to just stick to Stay those in three. The family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I my advice that I give to people is similar to what the, what the other guys were talking about. Is um, I tell people keep it simple. Your first project here, yes. just focus on getting some fundamental stuff on there and finish the project. Because finishing a project brings so much pride you'll want to do it again. And then the next time you do it, then you add in something else, you know, and then like do it again and then add in yet another thing. What is that? That's my, my four year old. She painted this when she was four. There you go. <laughs> She's broke. Oh, my, yeah. I mean, my kids. That's kind of how I started was just keeping it simple, finish the project, like get all the models painted. Then the next time you do it, add something else new in. Uh, that was what was really effective for me and it tempered expectations, you know, so that way you're not always like down on yourself because it doesn't quote look as good as what you think someone else's stuff is or whatever. But um, just finishing something feels so amazing, you know, that, that it drives you to want to do it again. At least it did for me. And I think it, I think that's, that's solid advice. So just keep it simple and finish the project when you're starting out. Yes. I just wanted to add a final thing, oh. if that's okay. Um, yeah, of course. I know when I was a kid and I was learning how to paint, when I told you about that manager at the Games Workshop place that was showing me how to paint, I think it was just receiving praise as well, because quite often you get told, who sucks? That's rubbish. Oh. You know, and all that. I think just a little bit of praise from someone who you know has actually yeah. got a skill, who's, who's almost like he's teaching you like a mentor. It's like a little Miyagi, you know, you've got to get it going. And uh, I think it makes a massive difference, especially the younger they are. You know, they might be shy. They might be a little bit unconfident. They don't know what to do. They're a bit like fearful. And the minute you kind of inject that bit of praise in them, I think that makes a massive difference for them. Um, and as well for the old people. But uh, that's what I would say. Just let them receive praise and lap it up. I, I, don't, I don't ever criticize people's paint jobs at all. I think that is probably one of the most classless things you can ever do to somebody is to ridicule their painting because you don't know where they're at in their hobby and just because it's not good enough for you doesn't mean that it's not good enough for them and making them feel bad because of how they did their work just makes you small you know and so like I have a big rule where you know I tell people a painted model is a beautiful model you know, and so that way that that relativity is for the individual, but just get it done and be you, take your pride in having finished it 
and yeah, and I know I don't ever ridicule people's pain like that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like a large right. person in the gym, don't criticize. They're putting their effort in. Yeah, I mean, like don't don't mock fat people at a gym. Like, what is the matter with you? Just mock fat fat people in a car drinking diet coke with scenery. That's why. Right. <laughs> whatever whatever you got to do to feel good about yourself, big guy. Sorry, Brandon, Bobby. Uh, I'll open the floor to you guys. We're kind of ending in the, uh, the end of the episode, obviously, but hash out what you guys got going on. Ask questions. This is your show. We are just merely a host to your two yes, great benevolence. Jesus Christ. Jeff, go for it. I, 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 hey, you know what? I told you I was going to like this episode. I told <laughs> you this. Okay. Is, has Brandon come back or is he still there? Uh, no, he's, he's still there. He, I'm here. Okay, I just didn't hear anything from you. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, I wanted to ask, what is the toughest thing to paint for each of you guys? And how do you, what step do you take? What is the number one step you take to make it easier? Oh, my God, I got to edit all that dead air out. Brandon, that question was directed at you. Yeah, I know, and I'm trying to figure it out. Um, Tough one, isn't it? Nothing's hard. You, you just uh, <laughs> got to do your research, no matter what the project is. Um, tell you one thing that's not going to ever be in a commission army that I ever do is non-metallic metals. I just, there, you do not have enough money to make me paint non-metallic metals for a whole army. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, the hardest part of tackling a project is people that uh, aren't clear on what they want really um they have an idea at first it starts as ultramarines and next thing you know they actually want their ultramarines purple and then it's actually not purple anymore it 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 should be green um and then you know the trim's not gold i actually need it black actually it was supposed to be red you know and so dealing with someone else's vision is usually the hardest part because putting the color down is not the hard part um so just you need to know before you start everything you need to do so you can just get it done and uh you know everything is planning when you're you're painting a miniature i mean there are those those parts of a miniature that you're like you know what i want to try this new thing right here and you know, just and off the cusp, just do something fun. But for the most part, everything was planned out ahead of time. I knew exactly what I was going to paint, pulled out all those paints ahead of time, had them lined up. I'm going to start with this color. It's going to go boom, 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 boom. Um, but yeah, it just the, so the hardest part is the planning, I guess. <laughs> or in the case of a commission artist, dealing with the happy client. Good advice, Brandon. Now give that pussy some attention behind you. Hey, hey, whatever I can do. <laughs> he has a cat for our audio listeners. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, you see her? Yeah, she, she's harassing me right now. Oh, was it? I'm not even a cat person. I'm allergic to her. Oh, my God. You know he's drunk when he's allergic to the pussy, but it's yet, it's still in this forefront. But I love her. <laughs> Sorry. So I guess that question continues on to Bobby. Would you like uh, to the hardest thing? I think I don't think it's sometimes for me harder. The hardest thing isn't to actually 
understand what the, the client wants that you're painting for. The hardest thing is for you to estimate how long it's going to take you to do something that you're not 100% on. I, I often have people that ask for a certain style or a certain thing that they've seen someone else paint. And it's not quite my style, but they want something very much like it. And when you're sitting down there with pen and paper trying to map out how long that's going to take you to do, um, you have to give it a bit more leeway almost, because if you estimate it wrong and you spend twice as long doing it to get that effect, um, I already send them a quote at the start. So I, anything that I get wrong at the beginning will cost me extra money at the end. So I know not everyone works like that as a commission artist, but that's how I do it. Because I have all my clients back to back almost, um, I maximize the amount of people that I can help. So if I make any errors at that stage, it really does make a big difference. And it can be something simple that like, um, well, I say simple, it could be just an effect, like a see-through bit of clothing. I have no idea how to do that. I see other people do it. And I'm like, how do you make like a transparent cloth yeah, top the that's luminous, wet? Luminous uh, realm rolls. Yeah. I'm, I'm, character. And in the olden days, I would have been a yes man just to get the business. You would have been like, yeah, I'll get that done, not a problem. And then you would sweat it out for a good hour or so on the internet going, where do I find the information? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. And now <laughs> I, I literally kind of look at it and I, I can pinpoint which areas I'm not sure on. And I can either research it or I can simply say, no, I'm not going to copy someone else's work because they just clearly know how to do it better than me. So I don't really like copying other people so much, if I'm honest as well. When someone sends you photos and says, I like this artist's work, can you just do the same? I find that difficult sometimes and mm -hmm. it's very off-putting and a lot yeah, of people do rude. it. Well, I, I find that rude personally. Hence in my original statement is oh, yes. we're all artists and we have our own mm -hmm. style. Appreciate the style. There's no replicating. Yeah, I mean, people like, advice, advice, do a bland shoe, for his you... work, for his work, not JoJo's yeah. work. I think I'm lucky in that that's, I've got a bit of, well, all artists have a certain style. Some are just very similar to other styles. Some have got a certain knack. Some can do like the true metallic metals, like Brandon was saying, he's not going to go near. Others go near it and go very much into it. I don't because I don't have the time yet to look into it. And I personally don't actually like the effect as much as other people do. A lot of people think it's amazing. And I personally just think you've got lots of browns going up to yellow. And yeah. it just doesn't do it in my eyes. I just want to see shiny re reflective surfaces made from the paint itself. Um, so that's how I look at it, I think. It's just an important thing to say, really. And Brandon, to go back onto the conversation, uh, Lumineth Realm Lords has released a new fantastic character, and it's a female holding a goblet, and her gown is blowing in the breeze across her body, and it's completely supposed to be transparent. Yeah, uh, I've like, never tried, tried anything like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, the model itself, the like hands that. and the feet are too large, but get yeah. past that, and it's actually like a really cool GW model, for sure. It actually has a feel of an old Games Workshop models when the hands and feet were out of scale. Yeah, it, it's a it's a side like the corn berserkers with the snake. Fingers. Exactly. Yeah, it <laughs> it has that kind of feel like somebody kind of borrowed from an old mold or something, but um, the painting effect on the store model is fantastic. Dude, we, we, this podcast can go on for many, many hours. The painting, the hobby aspect of any miniature gaming. Like, I mean, let's face it. Our two guests don't really play the game itself to the point where others play, yet they contribute into this aspect of it that's very important. And that's what we really wanted to harness. Well, uh, I, it, I would it, say they, they create the richness of it. 
Wouldn't right. you? I mean, Anytime you face against someone in a tournament and you look at their army, it, it, you're appreciating that artist. Whoever did it, we're not biased that if you painted it or not, but someone took the time to do that army. It's, it's, it's an appreciation value before even the match even starts. And that's really what we wanted to zone in on this episode. Uh, the hobby aspect is extremely important to anyone. It, it really should be. Uh, it's something to really jump onto. GW or anyone else that you get your product from give you a little canvas to express yourself. And it's awesome to hear two professional opinions mm -hmm. on the actual canvas itself and how they go about it. And it's, it's I, I honestly, we could go on for hours talking about this. It's yeah. super interesting, but we need to wrap things up. So thank you for paying attention. Uh, Brandon, speak your mind, any shout outs, Anything you got going on, if you jump into actual commission work again, please give us a shout out. We will get you clients. No problem there. Yeah. Please, the microphone is yours. I have thought about doing another Twitch channel. Um, and it was going to start next month, but I just found out that the house that I have been renting for the last two and a half years is being sold. So I will be moving in January. So I will not be doing a Twitch channel until at least the end of January. Um, but uh, it will be for fun. It won't be for money. If people tip me during or subscribe to me, that'll be great. But uh, the stuff will be for friends. It will not charge money anymore um, because I just won't be able to put my heart into it if you're if I'm taking money from you. Unless, of um, course, it's to pay for your surgery if you need. Hey, I, uh, okay. Yeah, so this is just a, a random thing. So when my knee went out and I would st stop being able to really walk and I was in constant pain and everything else, um, I, that's when I was doing commission work and I gained 50 pounds. I did. Well, since my knee surgery went well and I had a stroke after the surgery and everything from blood clots that actually went to my lungs. So it, it wasn't fun, but, um, I have lost 60 of those pounds. I'm, I'm, Yay. I'm yeah and uh and i'm very active and able to walk and everything so it's it's not uh that is not the cause or the issue for painting anymore <laughs> no i make light of it because i understand your situation it was it was, scary, I I it was a scary could. one but uh um but no i i really do enjoy painting and i i feel bad for saying that i i got burnt out because as a business side it, it was hard to, to do, you know, I had to negotiate price and things like that. And I just, it was something that I did for fun that I enjoyed and I would do it for store owners, for hobby stores and things like that. So I get a discount on products and things like that. And then it became a job and it was never my intention to do that. And for people who do it as a full-time job, more power to them. It's awesome. It is a awesome, fun thing to be able to say that you are a commission artist and that, uh, you make your your living day to day by painting toys. It's pretty cool. Yes. So, um, and I still do it to this day for fun. Like um, I actually just received a shipment last week from FLG for a full terrain set that I'm going to paint, and I'll I'll send you some pictures if you'd like to to see them. Um, and you know, for it, it's 40k terrain that I'm going to make into uh, Star Wars Legion. You know, but uh, the better game. The, I <laughs> hey, I, I can't say either way. I know it's a lot easier to figure out at the beginning. So, um, 
but you know, like I, I did, I played tournaments and everything like that, but I was the guy who had the unpainted army across from the guy that I painted his army. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, so yes, I'm not a commission painter anymore, but I do really enjoy doing it. And I, 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 every once in a while we'll post things that I paint online, but then I get 50 emails asking me to paint for them. So I, I have slowed down posting things just because I don't want to say no. <laughs> and I keep having to say no. So, well, here's that. Fantastic thoughts. I want to see your, that portrait you're working on when you finish it. That for piece sure, you're doing. for sure. Uh, that's so, so interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I painted canvases way before I started miniatures. This is your, it was awesome to have you on the show. We are just mainly just a little forefront for you. You made this show itself. Speak out of your mind. This is yours, man. Um, I think all I've got to say, well, there's mainly two things. One is you can check me out in Red Eagle Studio. I'll, I'll throw that in there. But just to warn you, I am fully booked. <laughs> so um, you can message me for commissions but I am fully booked. I put it on my website as well. So don't be disappointed. But um, I'm, I'm in a very lucky place because um, a few years back, I, I was diagnosed with a lung disease and I've still got it. And it's pretty severe. And the cool thing is this job actually allows me to make everything work now. And it's, it's worked around my medical issues and it's awesome that it's working well. Um, and the clients that I've got, I've still got the same clients that I had when I first started on eBay four years ago. So I haven't actually lost any of my original clients that actually made this all happen. And as big as we, or as funny as we say Bods is, he was one of the early ones that helped me out. And uh, it's, a, it's a big thing that happened, um, painting for him. And it's been really successful. And I'm really happy that I'm able to help out the mental health side of it as well. So if anyone's got any time to like switch over to Facebook and check out the 40 hours of 40K page, um, we're gonna keep it updated every single week. And uh, the next event is uh, September next year, the 11th and 12th of September, 2021. And uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can get involved, you can donate, you can see what we're up to. I'll have uh, all my fellow nine artists that I've roped in, uh, who are all volunteering, by the way. I didn't, I asked for nothing. I just said, I need you. And they said, okay. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. No, that's fantastic, Bobby. Uh, if Boz isn't here, obviously, but... He does speak highly of you and oh, yeah. he feels like he's tapped into the diamond in the rough, if you will, mm -hmm. when he first discovered you. It's, it's a big uh, thanks to you guys as well, to be honest, because I know that you've supported a lot of my posts. You've, you've always messaged me and said nice things. And uh, I definitely appreciate all the shares that you've done, especially with the charity stuff. And even for today, just having a nice hobby chat, to be honest, uh, it might just lead to one person who's having a rough time. Just, uh, you know, listen to it. Have some happy yeah. thoughts. If at any point this podcast becomes boring to me, it's done. This is... <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Fun. I've seen you with those crazy underpants you wear <laughs> when you're running around. What the hell is that all about? <laughs> oh, <laughs> running yes. around actually butt naked. Outfits are wonderful. <laughs> oh my God, Brad, I've seen you last year or this year, I guess, <laughs> with that huge beard. I didn't even recognize you until I got to see you. Oh. Fantastic. You know, it, I wonder if I may have seen you and just... Like, I saw you in passing because I was there and I was around Dayton quite a bit. I, uh, I'm i always there and uh, yeah, I was, I well, okay, I did take one year off when I first moved away, but uh, I'm always at the LVO and I'm 
usually not too far from Frankie because uh, he sneaks me drinks. <laughs> uh, here's the personal question, Brandon. What uh, yeah. board game is he playing lately? Uh, Gloomhaven. Yep. Um, have you checked out the new? Now. Have you checked out the new Gloomhaven? The Lions Den. Um, well, we have not tried that yet. Um, yeah, it's so better. As well as my move, um, my buddy who has all the board games, he's in the middle of a move as well. So um, board game night has been canceled kind of for the last three or four weeks. So we haven't been doing a lot of stuff lately, but Gloomhaven's pretty fun. And then we just pick up random games and play. But we they have 500 games between my gaming crew, all those guys. So I don't know. I learn the game as we play it, and I finally figure it out towards the end of the game, and I lose, and then we play it again. Then they never play it again. (laughs) Yeah, and we never play it again. So, um... That's how they stay ahead of you. I like Gloomhaven because I get... They don't want you to get competitive on (laughs) them. Right? Uh, That's what it is. All right, this is Dayton from Party of the All Points. This is honestly a fantastic episode. I appreciate you two coming on to join us in with this. I am going to bug you later on because we can't just do one episode about the hobby because the hobby's no. fantastic. It's one of the major aspects of the game itself. And I really appreciate you guys coming on, especially two forefront leaders in not just the hobby itself, but recognizing everything else that's going on in the world and stepping forward to donate your time to do good work. So, Giving us two hours is highly appreciated, gentlemen. Two hours hey, in your Jeff. How you doing back there? <laughs> Me? Oh, I know, my gosh. Do you have tires on that car still, or what? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Uh, this was a this was a great episode, and I really appreciate you guys coming on. Anytime. Fantastic. Happy. It's been very good. All right. Bobby, it's nice meeting you, too. Sorry, what was that? It was good meeting you as well. Oh, it was lovely meeting you, mate. And, uh... Yeah, I think it's the amount of positivity in here. I'm a, I'm a little bit moist. It's that good. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> not as moist as Jeff, but you know. <laughs> no one. Said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is uh, Dave Nobri signing off. Party at the all points. Jeff, take care, boys. Brandon, uh, thank you. Bobby, take it easy. Cheers. <laughs>